Good morning. Well, it's been an interesting week, eh? I kind of thought that 2023 might be a bit more calm and a bit more gentle than 2022, but it would appear not to be so. I don't know how this week's felt for you, but for me it's felt a little bit surreal. Here in Wellington, we've had some bad weather and had a bit of a shake to, you know, keep us awake. But in general, life felt kind of normal. And yet, just a few hours up the road, there is complete and utter devastation. Every day, it's felt like on the news, there's been more stories coming out of the East Coast and Hawke's Bay. And every time, it seems to just get more and more harrowing. I'm sure you've seen the pictures and the videos that just put into perspective what our friends in Fano up there have been through and, and just how lucky some of them are to have got through it alive. Of course, our prayers and aroha are with the families of those who have lost loved ones and, of course, everyone who has lost so much. It's times like this, similar to the Christchurch earthquakes, when it is easy to become overwhelmed. I know I've felt kind of unsure how to react emotionally, unsure how to respond. Yes, our hearts cry out, and yet sometimes we can feel helpless, especially if we're waiting for news from our loved ones in areas that have been cut off from electricity and cell phone coverage and on the internet. And like Christchurch, it's going to be a very long road to recovery. While the current focus is, of course, on immediate needs, rebuilding lives, livelihoods, homes, marae, other cultural institutions, is going to take time and a lot of resources. As a faith community, of course, we should be asking ourselves how we are best able to respond. So where is God in all of this? It's a little unfortunate in our Western society that when these things happen, sometimes we use the words, an act of God. Now, of course, this harkens back to a time when perhaps we had less understanding of what causes extreme weather, what causes earthquakes. And it was probably no surprise that we just put it down to a God or the God's. And of course, it begged the question at the time, what have we done to offend the gods? This seeped into Christian theology through a form of kind of natural theology, which supposed that God might rebuke us for our sins by spreading disease or adverse weather and earthquakes and so on. Now, of course, most Christians don't believe this today, but yet there's still this kind of cultural hangover that leads us to ponder, just what have we done to deserve this? The correct answer, of course, is nothing. Natural disasters are not God's punishment on us for swearing too much or coveting our neighbour's sports car. Science 
may provide an alternative explanation though. Of course, climate scientists have been warning us for decades that as our planet warms, there'll be more and more energy available to build much more dangerous and lethal storms. And so unfortunately, Cyclone Gabriel may be a glimpse into our future, which by its current trajectory is certainly going to be more challenging and uncertain. So where is God in all of this? It's fair to say that I'm not usually a big fan of Leviticus. It's a weird and wonderful collection of rules and regulations, especially for the Levitical priestly order. There is some stuff in here which, you know, maybe still makes sense today. And there's some other stuff which uh, is a little bit odd, if, if not somewhat amusing sometimes. Take this for example. You shall not round off the hair of your temples, nor mar the edges of your beard. You must not eat shellfish. You must not wear clothing of mixed fabric. So it's fair to say that probably many of us here today are sinners, according to Leviticus. Indeed, I am much worse than a sinner, according to Leviticus, because I'm engaged to the person of the same sex, and therefore I am not just a sinner, but an abomination. So where is God in all of this? The readings for the last few weeks have touched on this idea of the law, or perhaps God's law. Something that as Christians we can find a little troublesome. It seems to us that Jesus wasn't the sort of guy who taught him rules and regulations. In fact, when challenged on questions of the law, Jesus would often provide a bit of a non-answer by going off on a tangent and telling a story, a parable, leaving his listeners to ponder on the deeper principles at play, rather than testing if someone's actions was right or wrong depending on the law. Jesus pushes us to ask a deeper question. Was their action just? Was it merciful? Was it loving? Because these are the principles upon which all good law is based. Our list of thou shall nots in the Old Testament reading this morning concludes with you shall not take vengeance or bear a grudge against any of your people, but you shall love your neighbour as yourself. Now this sounds familiar to our ears, probably not because of its origin in the book of Leviticus, but rather by Jesus' use of it, as recorded by Luke. Here when Jesus is asked, what is the greatest commandment as a good Jew, he turns first to Deuteronomy 6.5, but then tucks in and adds in this line from Leviticus. And so we get, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength, and you shall love your neighbour as yourself. When Luke's lawyer then asks him to define neighbour, we get one of these stories, right? We get the story of the Good Samaritan, 
which expands our definition and our interpretation of just who our neighbour actually is. This was further reinforced by our Gospel text this morning. You have heard it said, but I say to you, concluding with, you have heard it said, you shall love your neighbour and hate your enemy, but I say to you, nay, love even your enemy and pray for those who persecute you. So where is God in all of this? There is going to be much asked of our community and our nation in the days and weeks of recovery from Cyclone Gabriel. Today's readings remind us what it is to follow God. It's not about rule following, it's not about religiosity, it's about living in to all of our identities as being made in the image of God. It is about living in to the principles of justice, mercy and generosity which Jesus continues to point us towards. It's about loving our neighbours, those a few hours drive up the road, and yes, even those in Syria and Turkey who have been devastated by a massive earthquake. Where is God in all of this? God is within each and every one of us and shines through most brilliantly when we are truly God's hands and feet at work, living out justice, mercy, generosity, and great love. Amen.